You're listening to the B&H Photography Podcast. For over 40 years, B&H has been the professional source for photography, video, audio, and more. For your favorite gear, news, and reviews, visit us at bnh.com or download the BH app to your iPhone or Android device. Now here's your host, Alan White. Greetings and welcome to the B&H Photography Podcast. Today's a big show, Cameras of the Year 2016. Our ideas about what cameras are really good and a lot of feedback from various employees around uh, B&H. And we got a bunch of employees around here. Joining John Harrison and I today are Sean Steiner and Levy Tenenbaum, regulars of the show just about every other five or six shows. Uh, and we're going to talk about uh, everything that's new as far as cameras, things that we like, things that are exciting, and even a few disappointments. Uh, before we move on, though, um, we really value your thoughts and opinions. Leave a review on iTunes, then email your questions and thoughts to podcast at bhphoto.com. So anyway, another year has gone by. Uh, it seems like it was just a year ago that we did this for 2015. It was about it exactly, like it, yeah, you know, it was know. just yeah. about a year. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of things have changed and some things have not changed. So we're going to start talking about uh, things that are exciting here. And we're going to start the conversation with DSLRs, which seem to be the most popular topic Actually, here. Let's, let's start with the two medium format cameras. Oh, that seem to, uh, Okay. Make the most, you know, we sent out a list or a questionnaire to a lot of employees earlier this year to get their feedback on what they thought were the most important and, and best cameras of the year. And I think without question, those two made it the, the top. What all the photo yeah. geeks? You're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're talking about the Hasselblad X1D-50C and the Fujifilm GFX 50S. Uh, the Hasselblad is pretty impressive. It's not much bigger than a Sony uh, uh, A7 camera. camera or an SL, and uh, it's it's really good. You've used it, right? You shot with it or no? Yeah, we had a right before the announcement that uh, Hasselblad showed up with a early pre-production unit. So. Not the H the, was missing, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> on the new There's a few things missing. <laughs> they whited it out. <laughs> but the camera definitely, it, it feels really good. Like, it, it definitely gets that Hasselblad name and does, does it justice. It's, it's radical, like everything else that they do. It's like every, they just come out with something new, and it's just nice and fresh. Well, I just want to point out over here that it's finally not a Sony camera rebranded. Good point. Which is yes. phenomenal. Yes. And we just had training on actual production units, and it, like Sean is saying, it feels great. Um, the touchscreen with all their menu system is fantastic. The one thing that any customer who's spending in the realm of ten to eleven thousand dollars for a camera, the it's only contrast autofocus at at this point in time. So, not blaming Hasselblad. I don't think the technology is there yet for them to do phased yeah, because they're the yeah, only ones doing yeah. this right now. But medium format sensors are still they're yeah, always they're be behind. Little, it's like how full frame is behind APS-C and lower. It's the same thing. But for people shooting with the medium format system. Autofocus usually isn't going to be the. You mean just made it's behind the autofocus yeah. is what you meant between the APS-C and full frame and full frame to mirrorless and to medium format. Yeah, it's it's one of the few things that trickles up. Yeah. So well, it, it's simple. It start it starts at the consumer level, phones to cameras, and then up, up upward than cameras because medium format sells the least amount, so you have the least amount of money to put into R&D and to really... And who makes the sensor on the Hasselblad, do you know? I think, I believe it's the Sony it, sensor. It's a Sony sensor. Yeah, yeah it's made by Sony, That's, but they're the ones using it. Yeah. I think also, you know, you're talking about being a little bit slower and stuff, and uh, in general, anybody who shoots at medium format is used to working a little bit slower. You don't have 10 frames per second. You're lucky if you get two. Um, the focusing, even on the best medium format cameras right now, has always been a little bit sluggish compared to the 35, because it's bigger and larger. It 
it, it takes more energy and power to move all of this stuff around. So I don't think for somebody who's coming from a medium format or a larger format world, it's going to make that big a difference. Yeah, totally and the agree. fact that now that it's small and light, you can travel and do more with it, I think that more than makes up for Is it. Is that the major draw, that it's smaller and lighter? It's yeah, and price. Probably. And, and price. price. Exactly. Yeah. Price is big. I mean, thinking that you buy a brand new Hasselblad 50C. That's thirty, forty thousand dollars is, is I think twenty nine yeah. ninety nine ninety nine. Depending whatever. on which version you get, yeah. Yeah. So I mean it's already expensive camera. Um and the form factor now, like I mean, Alan, you remember shooting I, I don't know, did you shoot Sean, did you shoot medium format film? I haven't shot much medium format. I have shot four by five. Right. So I mean yeah. medium medium format film, I mean, we all know is like Huge cameras. Yeah, yeah. This I used is, to do a Hasselblad and a Pentax six seven dinosaurs. This this is a very I think size wise it fits the hand really well, and it's as Alan pointed out it's not that much bigger than an A seven. Like, right. It's definitely bigger, but it's not like it still feels like good in your hand. Like if you're it, used to shooting like a full frame, full body DSLR like a D eight ten or a five D Mark four. Like yeah. this is gonna it's feel very at home. close to the like SL actually in yeah, terms of shocking. size. I, I, I always said like I made too big of a camera there. It, it what, is, what I, now, it what I think it's more comparable to, and it's something I've been asking for for a long time, if you go back uh, a couple of years, when medium format film was still big, uh, the Mamiya 6 and the Mamiya 7, mm-hmm. those were large range find yep. medium format cameras. Yep. And I'd always look at a Mamiya 7, which is a very successful camera, mm-hmm. great a camera. Good, great camera. And I always, why can't they build a digital camera like this? Boom, that's what they did. Well, guess what? It's here. <laughs> yeah. and, and, it's, and it's priced really well com- considering what you're getting. Now, also, let's open up a little bit more because it's a, it is a good piece of change. So one person shouldn't have to handle this by themselves. So I think if you can get a few people together. You exactly. Know, you put 100 people together, man. Kickstarter. It's, it's, it's chunk <laughs> change. Challenge X1D. Change. Come on. Okay. 100 bucks a person. Come on, we can do this. Yeah, you know, after lunch, actually, I think I'm going to do that. There we go. I'm getting uh, it. The Fujifilm, the GF50S, <laughs> that's that's not available yet. I mean, no one's played with that. Or the the Hasselblad's not available either. It's going to ship, I think, in December, I think, if I saw on our site yeah, and they, what yeah, I was reading today. they've started, like, getting... They've gotten a few I units out. I think we out. had a few yeah, units passed through here already. Yeah, yeah. it's trickle. Of the, of the Hasselblad. Of the Hasselblad. Yeah. What yeah. about the Fujifilm? Let's jump up. So, so, so now the Fuji... So we've the had Fuji, some rumors passed through. Not available. Firstly... Can we talk about the sure. fact that the size uh. is so drastically different? I don't know what is going on with the Fuji camera. It looks twice the size of the Hasselblad in thickness. It, it does seem thicker, but it, it, I think it's following along the same lines as the X-Series, where they have like slightly bigger cameras, but they emphasize ergonomics, too. Could be, but it's like it's like uh, people can't see me, but it's literally twice the thickness. And judging how comfortable the Hasselblad was and how slim... Like that, that's not surprising. It's, it's not around the grip that the thickness is. It's around the sensor and the LCD screen where all the thickness is. So that's kind of what I'm, I'm mm-hmm. a little confused about. We don't have enough details, so we don't know what might justify that. If anyone from Fuji is listening, send me an email. <laughs> I want to know answers. Also, something else that they did over here is that they are doing the really interesting viewfinder where it's an adjustable yeah, viewfinder. Right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. You can kind of also take it removable. on and off. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be right. interesting to see what else they use that for. Right. Exactly. And it moves like all around. I think you can like turn it like 180 degrees. I mean, you can do a yeah. bunch of stuff with it. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the big thing is the fact that it's not a leaf shutter, right? Right. It's that's a, a big thing. Right. That's going to be a problem for medium format shooters. Isn't that the one of the major problems? Well, that's what you're doing. Yeah. Well, le- you know? medium formats always had um, SLR, like single lens reflex, sure. and, yet, and you had shutters yeah. as well, standard shutters. But leaf shutter, which Hasselblad, that's a good point, is the Hasselblad all has leaf shutter. 
which means you could sync it every single show to speed with flash and whatever. It's it's, yeah. it's a studio camera. You could use it well. Yeah, and like the interesting thing, uh, just going back to Hasselblad, I know we're talking about a lot, just we have a lot more specs on the Hasselblad. Um, it's Nikon TTL, which I think was a really smart move from them. It because doesn't get better. They just said, okay, let's find the best company for flash. And we all know that Nikon's probably the best company in TTL for speed lights. Yeah. So. It, you, it means you can also use any of the uh, third-party, like the Profoto B1s and D2s. Exactly. You could pick that's up right. anything a that's remote. compatible yeah. with Nikon. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's right. So are you guys going to put that at the top of your list then? I mean, does that, that make it the most, not, not say the best, but the the most exciting camera? Oh, Hanukkah, oh, Hanukkah. <laughs> <laughs> they could borrow mine, I told okay. them. <laughs> now let's jump to DSLRs then. <laughs> any, other, any other medium format to talk about? Well, we have Hasselblad released their new DSLRs too, right. which we can't forget because they did bring out the 100 megapixel right. back finally True. after phase one. But it's yeah. way more affordable than the phase one too. So it's definitely worth a mention here. And the H6 body, the phase one brought out the new XF body. Um, there's, there's a lot of interesting stuff I think that people are trying to do in this in this kind of arena. What I'm curious about is Pentex hasn't done anything new in like two years now. Right. So I'm curious more, to see, yeah. you know, like if they're, if they're going to follow in like the K1 and bring it out like in four years from now, like a 50, like, <laughs> it's like okay, Pentex is a great camera, but like four years too late. But Well, let's jump to DSLR and talk about that K1 then because uh, it's, it's almost a year now that it's been out, but it was in 2016. They announced it. It's available. People waited for it forever. I like it. I mean, I like the Pentax. Cool it's a nice camera. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's just Pentax. Yeah, it's just it's nothing a... special today. Um, there's, <laughs> there's a couple, there's a couple interesting things. So, there, the back is nice. The the twisting LCD is really interesting, um, and image quality from it is actually phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Like Pentax really, has always been really great nice. Imaging. Yeah. Um, the problem is, is Sean is saying like, okay, it's nothing that we haven't seen yet. You know, yeah, it's got higher IQ, but like, okay. Well, yeah. Pentax just get no respect, right? I mean, it's a nice camera. If it's you're a great a camera, shooter. but if you're a Pentax, exactly. Well, I think, they I think, make great cameras. The whole problem is that by the time they come out their announcements, they're already sweeping up the convention center because exactly. the show's over. That's exactly. Well, that, that that's what Zevi said on on when yeah. we were discussing that. Yeah. Is like you know, two years too late. Yeah, it is yeah. priced well though. Yeah. If you're, yes. If you're yeah. looking at your first system and the weatherproofing, weather built like a freaking tank. That's yeah. what I like about it. So yeah. if you're looking at your first camera and maybe you're like that outdoorsy camping all around, you're looking at like a D810 maybe, mm -hmm. we were like, Pentax is cheaper. Right. Combat, yeah. combat photographers, I think, mm -hmm. really dig the Pentax. Yeah. A lot of videos I've seen from combat photography, Iraq, Afghanistan, have been from the K1 or like that type of series. So you're so wrapped up in branding. If you were to strip the names off all of these cameras and you just look at what they are and what they do, it would be a whole different set of parameters. The issue is lenses, lenses though. though. And yeah. lenses yeah. too, true. And yep. flash. Mm -hmm. as we mm -hmm. just and, and flash. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good mm -hmm. point. So... So then from the DSLRs, the new ones, what uh, makes it the top of your list? It's a good question. D500. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think easy choice, partially because it just came out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Like we were, we were surprised by it here and uh, everybody loved it. If there was one problem, if you want to call it that, it's the crop in 4K. But as a stills camera, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah. XQD is an interesting choice. And if you want to get top speeds out of the D5 or the D500, get XQD just... Just do it. Bite the bullet and do it. Um, Talking about the cards. Yeah, sorry. That Those are the cards that they're using. They're using the Sony cards. Canon is going C fast. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's interesting to see that they're both kind of going different directions. Um, well, it seems like it's been a while, but both Nikon and Canon brought their new flagships out this year. Yep. And they both were well-received. Uh, yeah. Maybe the D500 outshadowed the D5 a little bit, but... Uh, a little bit, but not for those that want it. Also, I mean, it's, you know, more people are going to get a D500 exactly. than a D5. Yeah. 
Yeah. The the yeah the we 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 actually hey we spoke about this Sean and I um, the D five and the one DX Mark two mm-hmm. mm-hmm. didn't we do a whole podcast we did, we did. so yeah. go back and listen to our other <laughs> podcast <laughs> we'll link it and the jury's still out <laughs> and and no but like I I sold a, a one DX Mark two to one of our uh, one of my loyal customers who comes all the time always wants the latest one D. And I'll say, you know, between your 1DX and your 1DX Mark II, here are your differences. And, like, one of the really interesting things that I found was interesting to him was the fact that touchscreen is, like, it's a big deal for him. He really appreciated that. So Yeah, the touchscreen edition was received really well. Yeah, and especially how they implemented it because you could change where you're focusing from from the touchscreen. So it's smart. I know. I've gotten to a point right now if I hit the screen and nothing happens, I get very upset and have to remind myself <laughs> it's not a touchscreen. <laughs> I'm something that's spoiled. I used to not like them, and now I do. Yeah. It's a... <laughs> It's, fun, it's funny how that works. <laughs> so just for the sake of listing, what about who are you going to put on the top of the list for the DSLRs at this point? Give me your top three from the past year. And I know we got to stretch back because we did talk about this already. But D500, 5D Mark IV just because, and I think K1. Uh, I would do the same. Yeah, except no, we didn't replace the, the K1 with the... Uh, a ninety nine two. If you call it a DSLR, uh, but that, that's not classify out yet. it. I mean, yeah. that, that that's well, it might be shipping next month, but or this month. But. Well, that's yeah, but it was announced, and it we know we know what to expect from them at this point. Reviews well, are starting to come in too. So right. yeah, yeah, Is there enough positive. Yeah, we've gotten some responses that of why we're not giving enough love to the A ninety nine two because it's a great camera. So I'm glad that you guys mentioned it, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, think, it's, hand, I think it's a good call. It's, it's just, just it's just it's just yeah. I can't I can't in good faith encourage someone to go in the A99 realm because there's not enough ecosystem there. Right. Whereas in the lower ecosystem, there's a ton going on. There's a bunch of movement. They're doing a lot. And if you're going to go A99 area and then you look at ecosystems, well, Canon not going to have better offerings. And mm-hmm. you have to think going forward, they're going to be putting the emphasis on the on the E-mount and, yeah. and who knows what's going to come up. They, so you may be... They haven't made a strong enough like focus on... We are definitely doing A-mount, A-mount still. And so it's kind of like years later they do this it's really nice really good camera if you shoot a mount it's spectacular option but but what about consumer level dslrs um you know the rebel t6 is doing well the ADD. i mean i know that's not often what we talk about here but uh the, the d5600 was just announced anything D- well, yeah the ADD the, is a nice camera the which one ADD is a nice camera it's just the problem with it is it it feels a night nice, it feels a great position for like people moving up from, like, the Rebels. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking seriously, you're going to go 70 or higher. Right. Right. I was just going to say 70 Mark II would be my choice. Even even for someone, I would push them, you know, to spend just a little bit more because they're going to get more camera right. for, for the price. And have these these consumer-level DSLRs brought video with them? Are they shooting 4K now and or not so much? Not so much. No. Nope. Yeah. Okay. Nope. Are they going to go the way of... The point and shoot, which we'll talk about later, these kind of low end DSLRs. I don't know. So here, so what? If we can go down a rabbit hole for a second, point and shoot's going to go away because phones are going to get better. But at a certain point, you want interchangeable lenses, but you're not sure how far into interchangeable lenses you want to go. So entry level, I think. DSLR will always have a place because that's kind of where you get started. And then high-end point-and-shoot, the same thing. A premium point-and-shoots will be around. Yeah. For people who like the size of a phone but want a little bit more camera. Dedicated camera. Yeah. You know, a little more optional control, zoom, whatever you want to – whatever they might be offering. Exactly. So that's probably what it is. But, yeah, d- entry-level DSLR. For a lot of people, especially consumers and enthusiasts, they don't feel that they're a – they're 
they have a real camera, quote unquote, real camera, until they have a DSLR. Yeah, DSLR is sort of a, a, a standard and a, and a certain mark, a milestone in cameras that when you have one, I think it gives a lot of people a whole different feel about them when they walk around taking pictures. They have a, certainly a professional camera, right. real camera. I, th- yeah. I think the real question comes down to our DSLR is going to go away as soon as mirrorless can actually outperform them completely. I think that's the that's, real question. That's my, my gut feeling is yes. I mean, I've already I find it hard to justify a DSLR for a lot of the stuff that I do. I can't justify the weight and size to have to carry this around. I can get a lot done with. I don't think it'll ones. ever go away. Go away because like people still shoot. Oh film, yeah. So it's gonna hang out for a while. It, I think the the, mid, uh, the the choices will be fewer. Yeah, the mid range, I think, is probably gonna go away for what we were just talking about with the ADD, like eighty. ADD. 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 Where it's like you have a choice between either going to go like more basic, lower end, cheaper, or you're going to get a high end camera. Yeah. And we see it now with Nikon with the D500. The D7200 kind of yeah. doesn't have a Second home C. anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's also those cameras are placed way too close to each other. Like you yeah. might as well get the D500. Hopefully that's going to stop. I mean, I think it's already happening. That used to be, especially Sony used to put out like eighty different models every six months. And, and yeah. you, it, we could, sell five RX one hundreds. Yeah, it's true. You know, it and was mentioned briefly the the five D <laughs> Mark IV, which you would you would have thought it would have made a huge splash, given how important the the Mark II and the Mark III were, and people have been waiting for this camera for a while. Yeah, it knocked down but, a lot of walls early but, but on. But has yeah. it gotten the attention that it? Uh, it might deserve or what the do you think? 5d had a huge problem in that the earlier models were super video mm-hmm. heavy right and now the, i think they're doing the right thing in that they're going back to the still centric route but in terms of video it got slammed mm. because of the crop mainly but i mean the video looks really good from what i've seen and it's gonna it's a really great stills camera but it, mm. it got overshadowed by the video hype and and is partly because so many other cameras now include video and, yeah. and can do that just as well. Yeah. Yeah. That that and Canon also has an existing interest in cinema and mm. to move you up to cinema. So we even saw it on the One DX Mark II where it's not like it's not a one D C replacement. It's just like a one DX with some four K added yeah. in. The omission of like log and like serious output via HDMI, like you only do HD over HDMI, which is like a weird limitation for a camera yeah. of that caliber yeah you don't get the 4k but what what i do want to point out and this kind of comes back to one of the classic debates d810 versus 5d mark 4 that the 5d mark 4 is a phenomenal like sean was saying it's a phenomenal stills camera not only that it's a great all-around camera i think even more so than a d810 in its simplicity the camera works it's very straightforward it's not as heavy and i don't mean just weight wise it's not as heavy file wise Mm. you have a six megapixel difference which isn't amazingly big but canon does a great job in compressing their raw files in a way where you get you get nice size to, to what you're doing. Lossless. And lossless. Exactly. Lossless. And don't get me wrong, if you want to compare image quality, yeah, the DA10 is going is going to win. But as an all-around just good shooting camera for like your wedding event photographers and stuff like that, the 5D Mark IV is a fantastic fit. There's also great reports on the 5D Mark IV coming out where the dynamic range has finally gotten a major upgrade, which yeah. was always the complaint with Canon cameras, even though if you shot with them, you didn't really complain that much. <laughs> you mentioned the DA10. Is there something on the horizon uh, for their shrug? No idea. Shrug. Okay. Well, let's look. Can we talk about Nikon and what they've been doing this year? Because they've been like all over the place. So Nikon has a bunch of slowdowns due to the earthquake. So it's something that we keep forgetting to mention. So there was a huge earthquake in mm-hmm. Japan right. earlier this year, which kind of pushed off everyone's production. So last 
Last year, this time, Nikon announced the DL series, which was supposed to come out in the summer, got pushed off to come out beginning of fall, then to December. And now well, it's DL time. stands for delay. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> or down low. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that stuff's not going to be coming out until next year, maybe quarter one, maybe quarter two. I don't know when. Um, and then they also released, and this is a total segue, so we're okay doing it, um, 360 cameras in the key mission. Let's uh, hold off. We're going to hold okay. off on yeah, that. Yeah. We're going to let you uh, explode on that. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Okay. We're get, actually going to take angry a sh- over the break. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Bring the rage. <laughs> we're going to take a short break, and we come back, we're going to talk about mirrorless cameras and everything else that's bothering Levy. <laughs> <laughs> We hope you're enjoying this edition of the B&H Photography Podcast. Send us a tweet at bhphotovideo, hashtag bhphotopodcast. We are back. Uh, the past few episodes, we put out a little request uh, to our listeners in anticipation of this show that if anybody had a camera that they were excited about for 2016, let us know. And we actually got some feedback. A Mr. Richard Fader of Fortley, New Jersey, he said that the new Hasselblad is his favorite, talking about the Hasselblad X1D-50C. The only reservation he has is that he said he'll buy it but only if it'll accept his Bronica lenses. And I'm not quite sure if there'll be an adapter for that. Okay, so hang in there, Mr. Richard Fader. We'll find out if you can do that or not. Uh, otherwise, we have William from Scotland mentioned that he'd been waiting for a D500, an update to the D300S, and could not be more pleased with its autofocus speed. Sophie from right here in New York City, a town so nice they named it twice. She's a bird photographer. She's also excited to have a D500 and is looking to up her game with this and a 300-millimeter F4E combination. Ryan from Las Vegas mentioned the Fujifilm X-Pro2 and is pleased with the upgrade, particularly the hybrid viewfinder. And the Pentax K1 also gone into a few comments, most speaking about how satisfied they were after the long wait for a full-frame Pentax. They finally got it. And regarding the Sony a6300, uh, Ali says, love this camera, super easy to use, intuitive, streamlined body, and small enough to lug around for shoots at work when I'm traveling all day. Take fantastic low-light shots. So there you have it, and thank all of you for sending us your feedback. That's a good segue into the mirrorless section, too, because uh, the A6300 got a lot of great attention earlier in the year. There was no A6400, and and now they've announced an A6500 within the same year. Yeah, months. And the 64, yeah. What's what's with that? (laughs) What's up with that? (laughs) Uh, And so we're going to talk about the A6400 and what it should have been. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, what do you think it should? Uh, anyway, sixty five hundred. I think it should nice. have been the sixty five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> now that camera is really really nice, and I've, I've handled it, and uh, it, it really is a special camera. Uh, the picture quality is great out of that, and you look at, and you just have to start questioning: Do I really need full frame? I mean, I could I could justify it for myself, but it makes you think twice. I, I would put the A sixty five hundred at the top of any photo enthusiasts or even pros list. I yeah. mean, they have finally, I think fixed a lot of the things that plagued them with autofocus and viewfinder blockout. And it's, we wrote an internal review, which is pretty much Sony finally, like what else would, what else do you want from this? On the 6,500. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the 6,500. Okay. Like what else, what else can you want? Like if it hits all the specs that they've announced, I mean, this is, and the initial reviews are coming in, say it's really, really solid. So, Hey, 
And based on the performance of the 6300, there's no reason to doubt that this uh, won't be all that. Right? Exactly. And it, and it fixes up some of the issues that the 6300 had. Right. So, mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. And, uh, well, a couple camera manufacturers had their first mirrorless come out this year. I know Levy are dying to talk about the Sigma. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anything interesting on these these Sigmas? I mean, everyone likes the Fovi Foveon. They love or hate the Foveon sensor, I guess. But uh, So the SD Quattro and the SD Quattro H, which is not yet available. But uh, any, any... It's interesting. Yeah. I'm just waiting to or see I'll them. Leave it. <laughs> yeah, leave it that. Yeah. yeah, I'm just waiting to see them. I've, I've shot with the DPs, like, mm -hmm. you know, they're. Yeah. I, Me too. I, I don't even know what to say. Like, I like them. It's interesting. Me, I, I happen to like them. I, I, I used an earlier version of it, and I got some really wonderful pictures, had some great qualities. Couldn't reproduce red. Try photographing a stop sign with it, and it can't do that. Right, red. we were talking about that the other day. Yeah, and that's an issue. And another problem I had with it, which is, you know, a problem if you want to work fast. But I could shoot four by five sheet film faster than raw files on that thing. That yep. thing is just slow. So it, I, I also thought it had beautiful colors. I don't know that I believe them in the resolution being equivalent to like a twice the size bear array. Yeah, you know? yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Certain things there. Um, it's it's an it's an interesting sensor technology. And they've stuck with it for years, even though it's not, it it still hasn't been putting out what yeah. we needed to in low light. It has know? its attributes. No two ways about it. It has a certain look and feel about it that is kind of neat. I did like certain things about it, but would I invest all of my photo energies into that with through it? No, I don't think so. Not I think yet. the I think the major mistake, if I want to call it that, I don't know if I do, but they use their proprietary mount yes but oh, it's there yes. it's from their dslrs right so it limits you to just using sigma mount glass mm -hmm. and they'll do they'll the, i think they will do mount changes like if you have like their art their art lenses they'll they'll switch over the mount for you but it's just like just bring people into the fold you just need them to use your camera not your mount yeah mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah i agree with point. that i do so fujifilm has they updated their two best Pro, Pro, pro we're going to call them the Pro. The X-Pro2 and the X-T2 are now out. And I guess they haven't gotten a lot of attention, but is that because they're just good, solid? No, the, 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 the X-Pro2 is a real step up. Okay. Um, and it's a very nice camera. A friend of mine just got one. He can't stop raving about it. Mm -hmm. um, great colors. I mean, everyone always talks about Fuji right. colors. Yeah, that's one thing. You, yeah. Justin. It's a signature. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Only, it's if, a signature. You could tell it. If you're using their, their film emulation modes, it's... Fantastic, yeah. Um, the the XT two too, really good. They brought out four K, which yep. looks really good. We had some hands on time here with it, and it's fast. It was surprisingly fast, and the autofocus was really good. Mm. So, if you're going to choose between one or the other, if you're new to you know Fujifilm, which one would you buy? Let's say you're depends on what enthusiast. you want to do. Yeah. That, that's kind of my thing. I really, I personally, because I shoot like so much of the other cameras in the SLR format, I'm a big fan of the X-Pro2 just because it's different. Mm. It's a different experience when you're shooting rangefinder and you flick on the, on yeah. the rangefinder and you're just like, hey, like this is new. Right. You I know? think it comes down to two things. Uh, video, if you, if you want good video, you're going to have to go X-T2 because yep. the X-Pro only does HD and then the viewfinder. So if you want the rangefinder, X-Pro 2, mm -hmm. and it, it looks great, too. Exactly. What about the X-A3, which I know is that's, that's an entry-level mirrorless, but you can still use the same lenses, and it, it also comes up as a very popular camera this yeah. year. Yeah, there's also the X-A10, right. which was just, it was just announced, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm not 
Yeah, no, you're okay. It didn't blow anything okay. here. And by yeah. the time this comes out, it will be official. No, but they did announce it. <laughs> we can cut it. <laughs> so they, they basically just uh, reformulated their entry level to make it more accessible and less confusing to yeah. okay. beginners, which is a good move. Mm-hmm. Uh, Olympus? Yeah, so Sean was just talking about fast autofocus and fast camera. The Olympus OMD EM1 <laughs> Mark II, two. Right. just to confuse everyone. Right. Uh, phenomenal camera in the first version. I mean, blazing fast, mm-hmm. blazing fast autofocus, great in body stabilization. Um, and the Mark II just, I mean, it's just the better version. Right. It's really nice. Yet, have also you had it in your hands? Have we had it in our hands yet? I mean, I have. Have not had it in my hands. No, it okay. came around and I, I, I did. I missed it. Yeah. I shot with it. The Mark and II? The Mark II. I yeah. had one, yeah. Okay. It was, uh, and the, uh, what, the 25 to 100 zoom, I think it was. Oh yeah, the it's the constant f four. Is it yeah, 12 yeah, to, yeah, 12 yeah. to one hundred maybe? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. That's I'm sorry, yes. Yeah. So I had that for about a week and it was brilliant to use. My only comment on it, my only thought about it is that it's an amazing camera, built beautifully, fast, picture quality is awesome on it. All the controls are terrific. Does that multi shot so you could yep. a lot you can do with that camera. And I'm looking and I'm saying to myself, it's micro four thirds and it's the size of an A seven S or A seven R. Well they, they, they built it big purposely. Well, yeah, actually, it's 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 good that, but I, it, that's one of the things that gets me about what's happening with cameras right now. It, it's almost irrelevant. The sensor size has no effect on the body camera size. size. Exactly. So I I think so. I, I've shot a lot of like OMD EM5, and with the EM5, you must like for my hand at least, I must put the grip on. Mm-hmm. With the EM1, they built it to be like it's you're beefier. able to hold it. Right. Yeah. It's funny yeah. how that this is kind of the swing back that we're still seeing over the couple of years where everybody wanted mirrorless to be small, but the better they got, the people wanted them to be a little bit bigger. You know? Yeah, yeah so my, my biggest beef with mirrorless, I think I mentioned it on the podcast before, is the lenses, is that so far you get a 2.8 lens, which is the size of a standard lens. You didn't really save that much mm-hmm. space and weight. So I want to see better lenses, maybe not a constant 2.8, give me an F4, but it should be amazing across the board and smaller lens. So just looking at the, some of the specs for the OMD EM1 Mark II, say it fast, <laughs> uh, DCI and UHD 4K, dual fast autofocus, the five axis image stabilization, which can give you up to the equivalent of 5.5 stops. So that's where we're getting at. I've seen I've seen tests with that thing handheld and it looks almost like it's on a stabilizer. Right. Yeah. And it is it is. And tremendous. if you use that new lens, it, you gain it's up to six and a half stops, right, which according yeah. to Olympus is as fast as that's as good as it's gonna get. Which yeah. is interesting. So the DMC, the G H five has not been seen of or heard of. S- limited but information. Limited but it we, is on its but way. But that looks like it's gonna be awesome. Right. And if they're <laughs> what was the quote that you guys had in the article? You, it's a, a camcorder disguised as a... your quote. Oh, that's my quote. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yes. Such modesty. Yeah, exactly. I, actually, I forgot that that's my quote. I forgot this that really I said that. really said something once. He's twisting his arm back to take it off his own shoulder right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, that's, but that's essentially what it is. I mean, that that is literally what it is. And it's... Is that it's, good, though? I Do don't we want care. a camcorder? I don't question? care. In a, I don't care. They're like, doing it. Still camera body? You can get great Point camcorders the great, for like right? just for the same price now too. My take is that ultimately that's, that's where we're going to be. There's going to be one device that's going to shoot both, and it's not going to be a delineation. You're not going to be buying a camera for video or for stills. It's going to be a a video camera that you could pull very high resolution stills. At. That's where we're going. I mean, just look at the direction. Ever since Red came to the game, it's kind of been a huge shift because once Red showed up with raw video right. and 
made it relatively affordable then. It became a thing. Fashion magazines and fashion covers were shot with it then, and that was a huge deal. And it's just, it is the direction. Because the GH5 is actually going to have a 6K photo mode. Yeah. If that doesn't Mm. tell you anything. So they're moving in that direction. Well, you can actually count on probably one hand how many cameras we sell that don't do video. I mean, even like his latest M shoots video. Yeah, yeah. Well, well they, the make latest, sta- they make they a made statement the with, oh, this one yeah. doesn't because it's professional. And, yeah. and the SL, and the SL shoots video, and great video. And yeah. how, how about the G8, GX85, which is stepping down a it's bit, nice. a little bit, but it's gotten a lot of great Yeah, it's, 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 a nice, it's a nice little camera. comes to take over, what was it, the GX80 or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and it's, we, we had a training on it beginning of October, mm-hmm. and it's, it's a very camera. nice little camera. Yeah, yeah the nice. rangefinder style, so right. it, it, you get both options right. from Panasonic, which I, also brings us back to Olympus's Pan F, which yes. was released mm-hmm. early this year. Yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's Those are one. cute cameras. Hasn't, didn't get a lot of attention, but it, at the time it did. But from our write-ups, it didn't. So, but well, we had camera. we had a hands-on, and it it did really well. But it's it's just like it's a unique camera. Okay, it, it's a Pan F like right. remake. So right. it's like if you like that kind of body and style you're mm-hmm. gonna get it but if you're more on the em series mm-hmm. then not it, really the gonna pen F is a lifestyle that, camera it's an accessory yeah. okay exactly whereas That's, the other one is i'm a photographer yeah once and once you're going <laughs> lifestyle there are other options yes in, in lifestyle like yes fuji just get the like yeah that's actually yeah true I like the, yeah. yeah exactly what about <laughs> yeah. the uh the m5 so people kept saying that canon has finally gotten mirrorless right but is anyone buying it? What's going on? I would um, love to spend some time with this camera because it the press has been good so far. It seems like they got autofocus fixed, mm-hmm. which personally was my only real complaint with the system. Right. I had an M Remember a while back. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, it's a nice little camera. Like I still like sometimes throw it in a bag if I'm going on like home or visiting people because yeah. it's a tiny camera that everybody can use. Mm-hmm. But the focusing is just right. Horrendous. Have you handled? Is anybody here handled the five at all? We're talking talking about about three generations ago, right? But they they they, they've gotten better and better. But this is the first one, which is actually like a real camera, also. So like they've kind of seen that the trend (laughs) is to make a real mirrorless camera instead of like a mirrorless point and shoot. Mm -hmm. And so this is kind of like a real camera. I think the biggest complaint that I would have on this camera, without having handled it yet, is that the screen flips down. I don't like that. So well, it can't flip it, up really. Well, it could flip, well, it could to, the flip out to the side, and that's and that's what I would want it I like to be. When camera, the LCD to the side is it makes all the difference. Yeah, I mean when you can to the side, well, you can do for yourself it. for yeah. for webcasters yeah. or anyone who's doing something like yeah. that. They can. Yeah. It, you, you just you've I mean, just nullified that camera for anyone who would do vlogs or anything like that because they can't see themselves. Right, right. Okay, and Nikon mirrorless is it? What exactly? Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> What about, this is something we talked about briefly earlier, but a lot of these um, smaller mirrorless and point and shoots, and we're going to get to point and shoot in a second, that we were writing about at this time last year, they're just gone. History. They, they're, they don't have, they didn't bring out their, their follow-up. I think it's just, it's hard to get market share. So it's makers like Pentax and I don't even know, Samsung, I guess, even though they're not really doing anything now otherwise. Fuji. You gotta focus. <laughs> no, but I mean, you got you got to focus on on what you do and what you do well. You can't yeah. sit there putting out fifty products. You have to put out good classic products that will retain your core audience and be interesting to someone who already has something else. So it'd be Sony and just release besides, everything. I mean, you, it's you know, be there's Sony a problem and... when the, when their slogan is "Ah, what the hell." <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so let's then jump to point and shoots, which obviously be a very short little segment because uh, <laughs> I think two or three point and shoots were released yeah. this year. Yeah, <laughs> you, got, you got a couple new tough cameras, um, yeah. RX100 Mark V. Right. Let's um, talk about the high ends because that's kind of what is available in the point and shoot realm right now. That's like a the, XU came out this like year. XU. Like XU. Has yeah. anybody Which handled that camera. thing? I mean, I'm amazed by that. A, a, a waterproof point and shoot. I want to try it. Yeah. APS-C. Yep. It, the, the, the specs on it are great, and I'm sure it's a gr- terrific camera. Yeah, it would, it's it's the right direction. I would love just, to have that camera. Yeah. yeah. For travel, for hiking, for like a lot of, if you're going to like rough, crazy places, it's a great camera to have. Yeah, but it's a fixed back. focal length, right? It's yeah. just uh, yes. like 35 of cool then or something? Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Like, yeah, the tough cameras are, I mean, this is where I'll pat myself on the back because they're the ones that are now kind of getting the attention because they... You know they're not going to break like everything else. Exactly. And, That's uh, why I push them all the time. Somebody, people with small kids. No, you don't want a little cheap cam. You want something to kick and throw against the wall when he or, or she has a fit. It. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. And wash right off. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. No. Underneath the hose. But uh, on the flip side, then you have the high end, and and it seems like the so- the two Sonys are getting the most attention. Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah. yeah. Although, RX although I, I do RX10, right? Yeah, RX100, RX10, and then I do want to point out that the Canon brought out. A bunch finally in this range, oh, which are right. also really nice. Okay, like yeah, G- G7X Mark II was this year, and in the kind of classic, compact point and shoot that we used to know so well. I know that the X70, the Fujifilm X70, very got some nice, nice camera. Any, anything else? In classic point and shoot, yeah, yeah iPhone Seven, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Google Pixel, yeah. So yeah, iPhone Seven, Seven Plus, Seven Plus, right. which are very nice Seven Plus with the two lenses, which is something that we're seeing a lot of camera manuf- uh, phone manufacturers um, <laughs> working with, especially yeah. to get that like kind of uh, optical zoom because people do realize that there's a difference between optical zoom and digital zoom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then the one really interesting one, which I found to be really fascinating, is that Google released their Pixel, and then there's the Pixel XL, which is the better version, which they went out and got DxOMark, which is a company which does a lot of sensor testing and lens testing, mm-hmm. um, to, and they scored like an 89, which is higher than the 5D3 score. And that's for the lenses or for and the that's whole for it's sensor? The that's for, it's for the so it's, camera. it's not really on the same scale as DSLR because that's just a sensor measurement. Mm-hmm. But the for, I mean, an 89 sounds really good to me. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, just, I was just like, what? And my friend has it. Mm-hmm. And so I was, using, I was playing around with it a little bit. That camera is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It is a fantastic camera. I think, I think Google really knocked it out of the park. And then when we saw, I mean, this is going to become like a tech podcast in a second, but then when we saw what happened with Samsung, and then iPhone 7 users aren't as stoked. I think there's a lot of users who are interested in something new. Mm-hmm. So they a lot of users went over to the Pixel as well. How is it at making phone calls? <laughs> you know, I have no idea. Does it matter? Has anybody used it for making a call or are they just taking pictures with it? <laughs> <laughs> actually, as, as a phone itself, it's on Android Nugget. And people are saying that it's actually a really good phone. Mm-hmm. People okay. like it. Well, we did a little thing on the iPhone 7, and the Plus got a lot of raves. Of course, it had just come out, so of yeah. course it's going to get its raves. Have, has anyone been using it? Do you guys know? The I've, Plus? I've or, yeah, the it. Plus with the two lenses. and Yeah, my son-in-law has one. He loves it. Okay. And he's been a nut for every. He, he keeps thinking every phone that they come out is the best one. This one he's really raving. So yeah, him, drink, him and my brother can get, Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I personally don't want to do it because it's too big. Mm. That, I got the 7 because the right. Plus is just too big. Too big, yeah. Interesting. We're talking about phones that are too big. Yeah. <laughs> for the mirrorless. So, but the RX100 and RX10, which we just touched on briefly, is there anything else to say about them? I mean, they've been just updating them every well, year. And no, the, the RX10 Mark III. 
Right. Which is the interesting one. Because the Zarya is 10, Mark 2, which is the um, 28... 24 to 200. 24 to 200. And then the Mark 3 is 24 to 600. 600. Uh, and, and it's very... They're both variable aperture, I believe. Yes. Or, figure yeah. figure a Canon 600 millimeter F4 is $11,000. Mm. Yeah. So. Now, I shot with that camera, and I used it, and I got... I was happy with the picture quality. I, I like the performance of the camera, but it's big. It's a big well, thing to carry around. I mean, it does a lot. Yeah, you know. And, but and video quality wise, I think they're great cameras. Yeah, they're, um, I have an RX one hundred Mark IV, same sensor mm -hmm. and everything. Video on that spectacular. Mm. Photos too, but just right. we're on that topic. Yeah, so. right. I think I think overall, if people want to know what the trend going forward seems to be, is that high end one inch sensor or more is kind of where point and shoot is now right. because they can't compete with phones in the low end. You carry a phone with you wherever you go. There's fantastic apps. And the long zooms too, right? I mean, isn't that a thing that's right. and then and then, and then long zoom, yeah. which is something that can still compete even at the high end because you can get an all-in-one zoom, like we're just saying now from the RX100 Mark III. What I think is also interesting about a lot of these is that you can have a camera and it'll go from like 25 to 700, 800 millimeter equivalent focal length that'll fit in your pocket. Yeah. Which I think is just, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, you have some really big super zooms. And then like um, Nikon, I mean, it was last year, but like with the, the P900. The P900, it goes yeah. up like 2,000 millimeter. Yeah, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. So let's jump ahead to kind of the oddball cameras or something. Well, let's talk VR, 360. Sofort. Uh, Sofort, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Those are going to be selling really instant, well. Instant I mean, they're all back-ordered. I mean, they're all back-ordered. I'm a huge fan. Wow. Instant That's cameras they're, had an interesting revival this year. Absolutely. Impossible had their camera, yep. the mm -hmm. i1, yep. which is in the it's pyramid. In, yeah, yeah. It, it has a the rotary, the rotary phone. I call it a rotary phone. <laughs> yeah, That's exactly. what it looks like. Just, it's missing the handset. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice little camera, but it, I feel like it's almost too much for an instant camera. Instant camera. I think yeah. the Fuji Instax really hit the nail on the head with yeah. relatively inexpensive, just have fun, here's a camera, yeah. go shoot. Exactly. Yeah. I just think it's amazing that people cannot buy enough of these things with the understanding that every time you push that button, man, it's like ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. It's yep. the opposite of digital. And, and they're small. Matter. And they're small. They're not even like big ka-ching, ka-ching. Exactly. It's like, it's like a little yeah. like credit card size. Yeah. Uh -huh. But that's why the Instax is, I mean, I guess the question is, the Inst it's for fun. We know that, in, or at least I feel that they are yeah. for fun. It's and a they party have place. camera. Yeah. So then you have Impossible and now Leica coming out who want to make it for the artist or for people it's that a, want to it's spend more money. It's a fashion statement. That's it's an accessory. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit of a stretch. That's what it is. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Um, and by the way, you know, they do sell a lot of cameras based on that, uh, the color. Um, a few years ago, Pentax came out with uh, uh, some yeah, option the, where... KS2, I think. Yeah. Well, the Q-series, all those... Q, oh, yeah, the the Q-series mirrorless were all... There was like 27 red. or 30 different colors. more combinations. Yeah. The, and by the way, interesting, the, the first... One of the first ones they do is they came out one of their little SLRs, DSLRs, that was all white. Mm -hmm. This thing... And they, and they said, wow, hey, guess what? We're selling fashion accessories. And that's exactly what it is. And that's what the Leica is, too. It's something very cool and stylish to go along when you're out on a dinner or a party or whatever. And that's so what they're marketing gallery open. So, so what the hell is Instant that? Instant in German. Oh, thank you. Oh. oh. Sean's done his research. All right. But I'm actually a big fan of these. Everyone, they, they are completely like a priced. So that's your warning. They but nice. I, I think $300, they, they're, they're right? They're so cute. Yeah, I mean, I totally so get it. So it's impossible. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. We, sell, we sell a Polaroid camera in the store, which is like, I think, referred Polaroid for like $250. Like mm -hmm. the yeah. classic, a lot of, like a the, lot of the, the square like print, the impossible. classic ones, yeah, the refurbs through yeah. Impossible yeah. are like 
four or five, six hundred. Yeah. So yeah. it's crazy. Mm. What about the MD? The Leica? We're talking about Leica. You love that? I app? love the Leica MD. I mean, you think about it. They're charging how much money for a camera that doesn't have an LCD on it? I love it. <laughs> no, seriously. I, do you find yeah, yourself for, pushing? Do you find yourself pushing the back, being like, "Where's the touchscreen?" Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I tell, you know, I I would not be able to if if I could afford it, I couldn't justify it. But I absolutely love the concept of having no screen on the back of that camera because it makes it really like going out and shooting film. And that's one of the beauties. Yeah, you could you could put a cover on your LCD, you could turn it off, you could ignore it, you could do whatever you want. Everybody's going to ultimately be sneaking peeks because we're human. Um, I just love the fact that here's a camera where you go out and take pictures and you're not going to know what you did until you came come home. And the advantage of that is that it forces you to slow down to think about what you're doing. Whereas if you can keep chimping and looking at everything else, it's like it just it you lose something, and I think it's is the, the the purity of it. I just absolutely love. And we all know what Alan's background is now. Um, I, I hear what you're saying. Don't I, tell anybody, please. <laughs> I think I think the one thing that might have been interesting. I was thinking about it while you were saying this. Um, is that if they had added like a Bluetooth option so that you could see your images like on your way oh, home or something yeah. might be interesting. But I could True. see where it gets in the way of the purest. Yeah, you think about it. And and there's just something wonderful about going out and not knowing if you got – and there's something really rewarding about when you do get home or you get the film back and you say, wow, I did it. It came out. This This is like a screen photographer's dream. (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) There's also the uh, slightly less expensive – Version with the screen. With a piece of tape, I thought you were going to say, right? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but I am starting another Kickstarter thing, okay? It's going to be a little adhesive patch that goes in the back of any camera. Called okay? gaffer's tape. <laughs> yeah, it's <a> sh- <laughs> <laughs> um, it's going to be perforated rolls. So VR has been huge this year. I mean, obviously, a lot of people are looking into it. There's some people who are ahead of the game. Others are just getting into the game. And not just VR, mm. but 360 uh, spherical imaging. Is it going to be around? What's so going? I think there's a really interesting place for this, and I think that it's going to be around for a long time. Um, there's a lot of advantages to it, um, from gaming to experiential stuff to just a lot of different realms. Before I go into ranting, um, I just want to say the biggest challenge right now in 360 is the cameras are for sure ahead of the software. Um, the software's catching up, and then where we're really behind is in delivery. We yeah. don't yet really know how to do a group experience on VR. Mm-hmm. We just right. we haven't figured that out. And wearing headsets for all those of you out there who bought your Oculuses and all those of you who have the Gear VR. Is it I, have, Ocu- is it I Oc- have the PlayStation it, VR. So. Yeah, and is the it Oculuses <laughs> or Oculi? Let's Oc- clarify that. It might that. be Oculi, okay, whatever it is. <laughs> those are not a future-forward format. There's no way that that's going to be the future-forward format as far as wearing something big on your head for extended periods of time. It just doesn't make any sense moving forward and that's not to knock them they're all really good and i appreciate them for what they are but they're not they're not the option moving forward so the question is what's it going to be and i challenge whoever's out there in our viewing audience if you figure this out you are going to make billions of dollars not millions billions of dollars so figure that out i think virtual reality is going to almost become just the new storytelling like it's going to take over the movies and like video gaming pretty easily it it's really like fun and interesting to see when you do it but i think the real big uh, the big change that needs to happen is a uh, augmented reality yeah something that can improve daily life without being too much of it's just like closed off yeah like we see with the microsoft um what's the microsoft one called 
The HoloLens? The HoloLens, yes, thank you. So, like the Microsoft HoloLens. Um, I, I will argue with you, I don't think that movies are going away anytime soon. I don't think VR is going to replace movies because of just the way the viewing experience works and the way storytelling works. Yeah, we forget all about the narrative when we talk about mm-hmm. exactly. well, mm-hmm. this conversation. I think, I think there's a place for it. I don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm not going to say that, but I don't I don't think that movies are going to be VR's final delivery. For mm-hmm. gaming, absolutely. Not, not. Nikon Good. is Lower the volume. coming Here out we with, go. with Key Mission 360. Well, there's three cameras. There's the 80, the 170, and, 360. and the 360. One is... Two of them are more action cams, right, which we're familiar with with GoPro and others. And one's like an audio audiographer type. And one is an audiographer. What the hell is that? That's kind of like, you know, just kind of pick it up, take a quick clip. Okay. That's the 80. That's the 80. Yeah, yeah. The, the lowest end. Yeah. And, uh, and the Autographer, sorry. Okay. Yeah. And then there is the Key Mission 360. And Lady, breathe deeply okay. before you go off. So here we go. I'm, I'm going to start with the positives first. Okay. Um, <sighs> they made a 360 GoPro camera. Good, good market. Great idea. Great concept. They brought out a lot of accessories for it. Great, all great ideas. Um, they made it super simple. There's two buttons on the entire camera, right? All sounds brilliant. Quality, not great. Shoots in 4K, yeah, not great quality. The stitch is not great. Okay, let's say they fix that. Dear Nikon, fix your app. Um, that's that's only the start of it. Um, they did a quarter 20 on the bottom, which you would think is really smart because it opens it up to a bajillion accessories. Quarter 20 loosens. You don't want an action camera to loosen. I almost lost it mountain biking. Um, it overheated mountain biking in like 80 degrees of weather. Um, it overheated your bike. That's even yeah, worse. Yeah, that was like crazy. It's like, it's like the handlebars are too hot. Um, <laughs> I just I just have like, I, I was doing a test for us. We we're going to do a review and pretty much after two weeks of playing with this camera find another option what is another option? well there are a lot of i mean okay good point maybe not better options but there are a ton of action cameras now now i mean yeah and, Go, and most gopro them, hero 5 yeah gopro takes obviously the, the top of the list but there are secondary ones that are coming out left and right that seem sony, to be often sony, well, has, sony has some good i have ones, yeah. i have but, one of the sony ones it's right, really nice right. Like image quality pretty much on par with GoPro, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. now the new one has uh, actual optical image stabilization. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I read some good stuff. Garmin. Just a question I mean, for Garmin, Olympus. When it comes when it comes to the action camera market, and it's a bunch really of no Yi. What is Yi? Yi from from China. Yeah. I mean, when it comes when it comes to that area, pretty much GoPro seems to have the market solid. Yes, their karma's flying falling out of the sky, and they have a huge recall, but. In the action camera market, they've created the market. They have it. I've spoken to our buyer. It's like not even a question that they sell. 360 is more interesting because you have things like the Theta. You have um, you have a bunch of other options. Kodak has a really interesting option. Um, Which is the if if somebody Samsung. was looking for one of these cameras, an action cam, a waterproof one, the one that could take a little bit of abuse, what would be the one you'd be looking at? Samsung, Kodak. And Nikon are the ones that come to mind. Okay, are you talking, are you talking about tough cameras, or are you talking about I'm action cameras? I'm not talking cameras? about action, action cameras, cameras, but that because not all of them right, are, think, are weather resistant and shock. I think we need yeah. to separate action and 360 yeah. right now. Yeah, We're talking yeah, about yeah, action yeah, 360. Yeah. We're talking about action 360. Okay. That's the way I heard it. Okay. Um, so that would be Samsung, um, Kodak. Kodak has a two camera solution, which you have right. to stitch and post. Frustrating. It's like 800 bucks also. And then the Nikon. The Nikon. I, they did so many things right, or in theory they did right, that that's what's kind of frustrating. The biggest frustration is that it's such a simple camera to get started with, but you need the app in order to do anything with the camera, and the app is... Problematic. To say the least. Okay. 
We can leave it there. But it's the first time, their first go around, and probably they should know we better. All, we all understand this is. However, more, it's a very more. ambitious undertaking. That it's great. I like they, where they went. Exactly. Let's jump really quickly. I think we've touched on all the kind of cameras that we can. Uh, if there's any story about lenses this year? What would it be? Sigma's still doing their art stuff. Sigma's uh, still doing lenses. art. Anything? Uh, well, Zeiss is getting. I mean, they redid uh, uh, the Milvis line, uh, yeah. lineup, which is really a, it was Maybe a cosmetic it. upgrade of an existing line, they, which is and they're great lenses. Yeah, yeah. They, they they did a good update there. Um, Sony's GM. Sony's mm-hmm. Grandmasters, mm-hmm. which and, the uh, 7200 is finally starting to ship. They uh, made a, a few more 50s. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds good. It's like four. There's four or five 50 millimeters. Voigtlander just came out with a real retro 50 millimeter 3.5 that looks like a little Buck Rogers rocket ship. It's going to be coming out in a few months. They announced that. It's just a great looking lens. Off the top of my head, what we're seeing is a lot of reinforcing and like widening of lines. Um, we're seeing... Sony went to wide aperture, like in kind of like the standard stuff, 24, 70, 2.8, 70, 200, 2.8, um, Grandmaster 85, 1.4. Like, so they kind of solidified E-mount as like a real right. um, shooter's lineup. Canon updated their 16 to 35. That was a nice update. They have the version 3 now, which is beautiful. Is there any truth that with the improvements in, in image stabilization, VR, that we're going to see less of a need to drop down to you know wide, super wide apertures, or is that depends uh, why yes you're using no. it? Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why they push it so hard because it makes it possible to build lenses that are lighter, smaller, and less expensive. Yep. However, as great as they are, and yes, you could handhold an f three five five six lens at ridiculously long speeds. They won't do. They won't take the same photograph that an f two lens or a one four would do because with using a maximum yeah. aperture. There are certain effects you just cannot yeah. get well, think, without think, think of the reason why everyone always wants to shoot full frame. Everyone wants to shoot full frame for low light and bokeh. Yeah. yeah. And so if yeah. you go 3.5, you're not getting your bokeh. Right. Oh, here's one thing. Nikon's continuing their E-type updates. Yep. Okay. So That's they have one. the yep. new 7200 just came out, which is oh, really? okay. going to be really nice. Yeah. And uh, they also came out with a 19 tilt chip, which... Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, that's not out yet, is it? No, it's not shipping yet. Played, okay. with, it, oh, played with it at their expo. Um, really nice to have an expo here and beautiful lens. Yeah, it definitely gives them something to compete with Canon 17, which has yeah. always been the staple in that That's arena. an amazing life shot with that. That's an amazing lens for architecture, interiors, products, And shots. portraits, yeah. which is underused in portraits. And it, great for those of you who are familiar with Gregory Heiser's work, yeah. a lot of other yeah. shows yeah. out there. Yeah. Yeah. All right, before we sign off here, uh, let's all vote for our own personal favorite camera of the year. I think last year I really hesitated. I think I gave you four last year. Um, I couldn't make up my mind. But I would say definitely the, the Hasselblad X1D-50C because it's pretty exciting. This is a tough question. I feel like I'm almost betraying my, like, bring shooting Canon for most of my career and then moving to Sony. But I got to say the Nikon D500 really did a great job. And that's okay. It's all right to say it's that. It's okay. <laughs> I still have my A7R2. <laughs> Maybe? Um, I, I think I'm with Alan on this. I just, I'm such a, I just love that Hasselblad came out with like a really good product in the X1D. I thought you were going to say the iPhone. No, yeah. <laughs> no, I love that, but those. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm still at my heart. I want to make big prints. All right, 
And John, and you? Me? Yeah, what do you think? I, uh, I would say on paper the D500, but because I want to get a Fuji, I'm going to say <laughs> uh, the X-Pro2. Nice. Yeah, good call. Not the X-T2. Actually, what I would like is the next X... The t, what is it? The XT X100. X100. Yeah, that's what I would like, yeah. but it's not out yet, so I'll stick with the X Pro Two. Nice. Who's actually going to get their um, camera of the year here? I am, but probably in about fifteen years when it comes down in price. <laughs> I'm going to go to the used department to find a good one for like you know six hundred bucks. I'm going to snag it. That's I would good. consider getting the A6500. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That actually kind of turned me on too a little bit, and not being a Sony shooter, but uh, I had a six thousand a while back. It was my first mirrorless and mm-hmm. yeah. amazing camera. Yeah. And then uh, that. it would be a nice second body that I don't need. Right. So well, I can't switch away from Nikon just because of the, the you system get I have the set D500. up. Well, I don't need that. That's the thing. So that's why I want to go with the you know with the Fuji that I can, and maybe with the fixed lens, you know, just something I can have. As what what are you on right now? Yeah, with Nikon D seven fifty. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Hard By the way, do you know, to, to, to a straight answer, I mean, the Hasselblad's great, but if I was to go out and to buy a camera today, one that I know that I could use, that I'd like to have, and I know is going to give me good results, would have to be a little Sony RX100, was it the Mark V, whatever the yeah. latest one. And I, that's another thing I think is amazing that Sony has not only built upon that wonderful camera that they came out with, what, four or five years ago, but you could buy all of them still. They're offering them all at different price ranges, and they're all very, very good. And you can actually choose, all right, how much do I actually need? And even if you get the base one, you got an awesome camera. Yeah. But that, especially the 5, it has all of the things that I would like to have. It's got the little EVF. It's tiny. It takes awesome pictures. So without saying, you know, you know money's no object, if money is an object and I wanted to buy a camera and, and, and I, my eyes are actually on one, that to me is the best all-around travel, yeah. real camera I can go for. Right I now. love my Mark IV. There it's you go. probably the best, best purchase I made in terms right? of camera equipment. I took it fits all in my around. shirt pocket. Mm-hmm. You can just walk around, throw it in your bag. If you're going out, it's not like another camera you have to carry. Yep. And when you look at the pictures, you don't feel compromised. You say, oh, if I only had a better camera because the pictures are real good. Exactly. It's a one-inch yeah. sensor, great yep. lens. I took, I took it with me to Russia. Instead of taking like a bunch of other stuff, I was going with friends. I didn't want to bog them down. And yeah, phenomenal photos. Yeah. No nice. two ways about it. All right. Thank you all. Thank you, John. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Levy. Thank you, Sean. And thank you to our listeners. And again, your thoughts and comments are real important. Leave a review on iTunes. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in today. 